Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of The Frenzy. With me, your host, Freddy Aloso, with my co-host, Joey the Eagle. What's going on, Joe? I apologize for the uh, five-minute intermission we had to deal with. For, for the first time, the technical difficulties weren't on my side. Well, let's just say last week we were supposed to have visual and audio, and we just had audio. So you're not off the hook just yet. I'm not off the hook just yet. My bad, guys. But it explains the 10-minute pause you had last week when you were just staring. Just, yep, as I had figured it out halfway through the broadcast that the video wasn't going through. So that's a, that's a my bad, guys. My bad. But we do have some exciting news. Joey and I have been picked up by Tally Site Sports. T-A-L-L-Y-S-I-G-H-T dot com. You can get our weekly picks there. Along with a whole bunch of other analysts. You know, Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless, all that stuff. All their picks are there. Plus ours. So go check it out. Support us. We'll also put the links to the YouTube under each pick so you guys can check it out every week. So that'll be there as well. So big things happening for this frenzy. Now the whole world. See, now, you know, I was taking it easy on you the first six weeks. Oh, you put the controller is... down. I have a TV controller in my hand. Uh, you know, the first six weeks I was taking it easy on you, but now the world must know. I must I must awaken. So is that why you're still down seven picks Listen, going into this week? I had a, I had a rough start. But in my defense, uh, I am two-year reigning champion. I know since you su- since you support the Bills, you don't know what that what that feeling is like. But that that championship feeling, just you never feel out of it. So I'm not really, I can't say I'm worried just yet. So you guys just started winning a couple of years ago, and now, oh, we're the greatest. Well, the way I see it, winning a couple of years ago and never winning, I'd take the winning a couple of years ago personally. Oh, wow. But who's counting? Wow. All right, we'll see. We got what another two to three weeks before the Bills pay play the uh, the Eagles. Yes. Maybe we'll do a watch along, so the fans can see how uh, we're. I don't know how if I want to do that to you. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll let you I guys know. I figured I'll DM Josh Allen the color of the jerseys that we wear because I think with a three week preparation, he might be able to realize when he's out there what jersey color to throw it to. Oh wow! And then that should solve. Don't worry, because our defense will show up. We'll we'll no, take care of you guys. No, your defense is good. Yeah. Unfortunately, your quarterback plays for the other team too. Touche, so. touche, sir. Touché. And uh, that Zay Jones pick, boy. Oof. You know, you never know what you're gonna get in the fifth round of the 2021 draft. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we flip it for somebody. Maybe, maybe uh, Stephon Diggs. Oh, yes, you're going to get Stefan Diggs for a fifth-round pick in two years. Well, maybe we'll flip it. We'll package it with something. Come on, man. Great. Okay, as long, continue, as, as, long as he doesn't go there when's or the last, OBJ. When's the last, when's the last uh, big Bills trade? That worked out. Well, for how long? Was the Sammy Watkins thing? Was Are we going there? Uh, you know what? You know, we got a lot of stuff to get into, Joe. Jordan Matthews on the 49ers now. Whatever, man. Whatever. Let's get into this shit. Let's jump into it. We've got UFC tonight. 
Joanna versus the Karate Hottie. Did you see the video uh, that was put up last night on a Bleacher Report article of Joanna trying to... I don't think it was this current one. It might have been. Could be mistaken on that. Um, but it was a video of her cutting weight. Yes. The, she also hit up the UFC earlier last week saying that she that might not make weight yeah. for this week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I find it interesting because I see a lot of fighters that struggle for years to make that their weight and right. then when they eventually get a little older it's harder to lose that weight they finally give in and move up and some of them find like a resurgence yeah. you know in their career because they're finally able to fight at their uh their walking weight now obviously these fighters and trainers know more than than i know but i would just assume that if my body is feeling basically deteriorated eating itself right um I don't know how fast I could recover, to especially with a sport like, like fighting. Um, that can't be good. Even like I know overall for your overall health, it's damaging. But just for just for you're doing all of that to be able to get into the cage and perform, and I can't think doing that to your body is helping it in any way, shape, or form. Like I think the positives do not outweigh the negatives when you have to. I get certain weight classes where you're like, oh. You know, it's going to be a struggle to get those last two or three pounds off, and that's one thing. But to, you know, have to struggle to lose 15, 20 pounds? Well, some guys, like, say, take, for instance, uh, Johnny Hendricks. When he was at his top at that time, he would walk around at 220 and cut all the way down to 170. Yeah, see, I don't... That's insane for me. Like, I just don't <sighs> yeah, understand it. That's that's borderline killing yourself. Yeah, basically. But these two, we also, like you were talking about, the resurgence of certain fighters. Anthony Rumble Johnson is coming back, but he's not coming back at 205. He's coming back at heavyweight. So, you know, anywhere from 206 to 255 is where he can come in at. The only division that I will say, I understand when people are hesitant to go up to heavyweight because I feel like there's such a big, um, there's such a big gap. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if you just make heavyweight and you're fighting some guy that walks around as a true heavyweight, right? I could see why you might want to move down. Um, but to to struggle instead of moving up the five ten pounds, like I said, I feel like if that's what your body needs to. Perform, at his optimum level that you should just try and fight at that weight even if you're giving up a couple of inches because I just don't feel like it's something that's sustainable yeah I completely and agree with you man you see it now some of the some of the fighters are turning around and uh, blaming their coaches and blaming the team they're with but I feel like it's also on the fighters too to be more like you don't have to be a, a doctor or a scientist to realize cutting 20 pounds in two to three days is just not it's, just it's not, not a optimal. good idea yeah. But who you got in this fight? You got Joanna or you got uh, Watterson? I feel like Joanna coming off of a tough loss is going to... It wasn't too long ago where she was she was it. She was she was the fighter in the women's division that everybody was talking about that was buzzsawing through people. Right. Um, so I feel like she's, she's going to come out and, and try and regain some of that momentum. So I'm going to ride with her on this one. All right, I'm going to take Watterson on this one. I think she's 
you know, three-fight win streak. She's riding high. Joanna still hasn't really dealt well with her losses. It's always been, oh, it's not me. It was this. It was that. There's a lot of excuses going around. Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm not a big fan of her attitude or the way she tries to intimidate fighters. Yeah, so for me, I think think it's going to be Watterson on this one. And then the co-main event is uh, Cron Gracie versus Cub Swanson. Gracie, the long lineage, he fights out of that Nate Diaz camp, you know, over there in uh, in Stockton. So the dude's he's legit. He's he's a killer. So I think it's with that last name. I think you're like born into it. It's almost as 100%. if you're if you're a Manning in football or a Matthews in football. It's just it's your, it's your birthright. It, yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. So I'm going with Gracie there. What about you? I have no problem picking backing that. I mean, anybody, and I'm telling you, anybody with that last name, man, it, it makes you pause and go, "Oh, you're one of those." <laughs> exactly. Could you imagine for a second, like their family get-togethers, like at Thanksgiving, they probably have the Thanksgiving table and then like a mat in the room over next door, just for somebody's talking shit. The biggest piece of turkey. <laughs> like, oh, you you wanted that? Let's go. Right. Come on. Let's let's, let's rumble. That's funny, man. Last night, we also had the return of the PFL. It was the start of the PFL playoffs. Shout so, out to Aldrich for going all the way to freaking Vegas, man. Yeah, man. Him and the, him and the Yeah, That's a Fat crew, all three of them went down to Vegas. So I'm still, still going to smack you guys in fantasy football, but I will give credit where credit is due. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some of those pictures and superimpose me in the background cheesing. Throw some of them up. Nice. So we had the return of Kayla Harrison where she dominated first round armbar submission. So she's on her way to New York City for the championship fight against Larissa Pacheco. Larissa Pacheco beat the number one seed, dominated her, left her tore up. Sarah Kaufman dominated in that three-round fight against Pacheco. So it'll be a rematch of when we first went of Harrison and Pacheco for the belt. That should be interesting. Uh, Unfortunately, they decided to do it on New Year's Eve. So at 11 o'clock on New Year's Eve. So yeah, I don't know how much of it I'm actually going to catch. That might be one of those where, you know, I run it back the next day and watch (laughs) and watch it because I don't know. If I'm going to be in a place where it'll be readily available. So then, on top of that, you had our boy, Action Man Jackson. Curtis Jackson fought last night against Magomed. Magomed beat him by decision. Then, Jackson retires, right? Curtis retires. In the middle of the ring, goes back to the back, retires on Instagram, whatever then magomed can't continue so what they call the lucky loser of the night he comes back in he gets to fight ray cooper so he immediately unretires goes to fight ray cooper and gets starched let me listen all right again i've never fought in a ring but when you play other sports you know, the, the demeanor and the mindset isn't really that much different 
it's usually unilateral between sports. Right. If you go and you lose a fight and in your mind you are retired, you put those gloves down, you, you hang up the cleats, you throw your basketball shoes over the damn, you know, light light line like they used to do back in the day. <laughs> yeah. You've already mentally I don't want to say quit, but you've mentally given it up. You've realized that you're going to go through out. other things. Yeah. Yeah. He's fighting a guy in Cooper who we've seen fight live. I mean, he's about that life. Um, yeah. No pun intended. He's about that action. We've seen him, you know, take it out on his uh, his cousin for crying out loud. So yeah, everybody. Gets so it. I don't even need to see any prior fights of the two to kind of know where I was going to put my money. Because you got one fighter who's all in, and you got one fighter who was just all out two seconds ago. There's yeah. no way mentally he was in he was in the proper mind state to to fight, let alone fight somebody of of Cooper's stature. Yeah. So, so now it's gonna be it's gonna be Cooper versus um, Mashud, I believe his name was, the guy that got knocked out by uh, Sly in when we went the first night. He got knocked out in like I think it was like 17 seconds. It's now him and Cooper in the finals for the PFL championship. In that, and that's something. That's something that you got to give PFL credit for, as far as them, you know, changing it up with the point system. Right. Because you get fights like this where <clears throat> normally. You know, someone loses a fight like that, especially the first night, they're kind of counted out. But the way the system is is, is put together and the points are, are awarded, just because you lose one or two fights, you know, you still can have that opportunity and chance to dig your way out. Yeah. Um, and I also think while it sucks, it does add a lot of intrigue as far as the injuries are concerned. You're, yeah, you're doing a twice in one night is crazy. Yeah, you're, you're doing a you're participating in a sport that's just the injury rate is a thousand percent right you know that it's one of those sports like hockey or football where hurt and injured are two different things 100 and so you're going to be hurt after every fight but you have to you know injury is a whole different thing and you have to be able to mentally like you said get over that hurdle and then fight again the same night it's just just it's crazy it's nuts man 100 percent so that's where they stand right now with the pfl some boxing news earl spence horrible accident during the week he's expected to hopefully recover fully from what the reports are saying he flipped his ferrari and there's some like surveillance video of like a shop close by where you just see his ferrari just rolling so shout out to him prayers out Hopefully he returns and uh, gets back to full strength. Yeah, man, you hate to see it. I actually, when I heard of it, and, um, initially I thought of Paul Walker uh, yeah. from Fast and the Furious because he was another guy who was who was prominent and obviously a, a, a extremely prominent figure, especially in the acting world. And unfortunately, you know, um, if I remember correctly, was driving a little too fast. And you have to think that that was probably the case in this. Um, in this instance, too. So it just sucks whenever you see somebody, you know, he's really, I know people are going to say, oh, well, he's in a sports car. He shouldn't, you know, but you shouldn't be speeding. But at the end of the day, man, we've all we've all done stuff, you know, that 
we probably shouldn't have done. And you look back and you're like, damn, see, I'm lucky. I was lucky in that instance. I did it. I shouldn't have done it, but nothing, nothing, nothing came of it. Right. So whenever I see these young guys out there, you know, again, I know he's not trying to hurt nobody. He was just out there, quote unquote, trying to have fun. And while some people don't agree with it, I don't agree with it neither. You just hate to see somebody um, put in a situation where, they're in critical condition. And like you said, he's going to make a full recovery, but who knows how this plays out. Who knows the next time he's going to be able to get in the ring. And I just think it happened at the worst time because he just unified the belts and beat Porter, which was an awesome, awesome fight. I know we talked about it two episodes again, and I begged everyone, you know, if you, if you haven't watched a boxing match this year, watch this one. And it did not disappoint. It lived up to the hype. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know how much of it you got to see, but it was one of those fights where, when fighters get in the ring usually there's a filling out period Mm -hmm. but since these guys know each other so well they've trained together there was no need to figure out how the other one was going to fight so they literally threw blows the whole entire fight yeah they stood and And banged yeah and if it wasn't for Errol spence getting that beautiful knockdown that punch was was awesome um, yeah. Hit him right, hit Porter right on the button. If he doesn't knock him down there, man, and you, you might have had, you know, you might have had an upset in the making there. So I was hoping to see them lock it up again. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him in his fighting career. But like Definitely. you said, hopefully he gets healthy and uh, everything works out for the best. Definitely, man. And then also Tyson Fury, he has signed to fight in the WWE. I don't know how long. Probably just a one-off. They're doing an event in Saudi Arabia again called Crown Jewel, and he will be fighting Braun Strowman. So I look at this like how Floyd Mayweather did it a few years back where he fought Big Show, and it was really just like an exhibition kind of, like get his name out there and stuff. So I feel like... No disrespect to Floyd Mayweather, but you got... I know you're probably going to touch on Cain Velasquez, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel with both of them, they have the the look that you that, that wrestling fans want to see. Like, Tyson Fury is a huge human being. Yeah. Cain Velasquez, huge human being. When you saw Mayweather in there with Big Show, it was like, all right, I get it. But, you know, I know the action in wrestling is real, but most of it is predetermined. Right. But it give, it gives you an excitement when you see a man of Fury's stature in there. When you see and both of these fighters, Velasquez and Fury, in their respective sports, are known for, for duking it out. You know, champions. Having having yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but Mayweather was a champion, but what I mean is like Mayweather's boxing style, um while he's undefeated was very much of I'm going to tag you before you tag me. I'm not going to take much damage. I'm going to dance around the ring, which in a sport like boxing is perfectly fine, legal, and is honestly the best way to do it because he's probably going to have little to no brain damage, you know, when he gets older as opposed to these other fighters. But uh, Fury, when he gets in the ring, he's trying to bang. You know, he's trying to throw haymakers. He's been in some, like that Wilder fight. He's been in some really, really big, yeah. just physical fights. So when you see him in the wrestling ring, you're kind of intrigued. And I think you could say the same with Velasquez, especially since Brock Lesnar crossed over. And now you get an interesting uh, storyline where now he's in his realm. So we'll see how that all that and shakes out. We all know how it ended when Brock faced Kane. And in a real-life fight, he caught an ass whooping of his lifetime. Catch an ass open of his lifetime. So I'm actually interested to see how the W um, WE plays this out. You know, are they gonna? Because Lesnar's been their one of their golden childs for yeah. a while. 
So I'm curious to see if they actually put him in a position where he's going to lose or if they kind of give this as Lesnar's um, payback, so to speak, True. and right. Cain Velasquez goes and um, scoops that checkup. Yeah, and, and Cain, it's not just a one-off for Cain. He signed a multi-year deal with the WWE, so he's going to be around for a little bit. He has also been training before, so it's not just one of those like, oh, I'm coming in raw, I've never done this before. And do not be surprised, mark my words right now, if Daniel Cormier, maybe not to fight, but to do some commentary, he spills over into WWE as well. I could see him doing the commentary. I don't know if he has the type of personality that I'm interested in as a boxer, because as, as you know, it's uh, yes, there has to be a, a certain type of name recognition and physicality, because while... Mm -hmm. While what they do is predetermined, you see all the injuries, and and they are right. some crazy athletic individuals that are that are in that sport. Right. Like there are some amazing uh, athletes that are uh, happen to be wrestlers. But with Cormier, I don't know if he has that personality. You know that captivating person. Like with Velasquez, the way he looks and carries yeah. himself, you're like, all right, cool. And we all know Fury is a showman. I mean, just right. look at how he enters the ring and the way he talks, that bravado he carries around. So I don't know if Cormier has that in him. He but definitely has the gift of gab, though. I will give it to Cormier. He he can hold his own on a microphone. Yeah, he can, but I, I guess I'm just looking at it from a personal aspect. I really, yeah. he does nothing for me outside of, right. I could see him, you know, announcing and then every once in a while getting involved in a match. You know, someone comes and disrespects him while he's while he's talking or he ref isn't looking and he puts somebody through a table yeah. for the other guy. I, see that. I don't know if he has enough there to be his own individual character, but we'll see. Right, yeah. Only time will tell. Also, MLB. The ALCS and the NLDS have officially started. We got a big upset in the Nationals knocking off the Dodgers. So it's the Nationals and the Cardinals. They had their game one last night. And the Nationals are up one game to none. And the heavy hitters, the heavyweight fight that everybody's been waiting for, the rematch, it's the Fury Wilder of baseball, Yankees and Astros, game one tonight, 8 p.m. I hope, I hope our Yankees take it, but it's going to be one hell of a test for them. Yeah, so... I mean, it's kind of a, a war of attrition between the two. You know, both of them have lineups that can put up runs. Um, yeah. we've, we've seen that with both teams. It's it's going to come down to can the Yankees starters, and it's similar to last year, but can the Yankees starters pitch well enough to get to that bullpen? Right. And on the I other side, 100%. you look at the Astros, and it's can they get enough out of their starters to avoid having to go to that bullpen? Right. Um, so I think in this series, you're going to see a lot of, um, the early innings are going to mean a lot. Like some, some series you watch and you go, all right, cool. You know, they still have a chance towards the end of the game. But I feel like if you see, for example, if you see an Astros pitcher go out there and struggle for the first two innings, you know, it, it, it's going to be telling because they're going to have to go immediately to their bullpen. And we know that their bullpen is, is the weakest part of their team. Right. So like, I think the look first... what look what they did to the Rays. 
in yeah, that the game Rays five. Yeah, the Rays were able to squeeze one out. Well, they, they figured out the Rays pitcher in the top of the first inning. They figured out he was tipping his pitches, or sorry, in the bottom of the inning. He was tipping his pitches, and they lit him up for four runs at the bottom. And that's all they needed. They wound up winning, what was it, 7-1, seven, 7-2, seven, seven, something like that. But they, now, they put up that four spot. The interesting thing I will say, and it, and it popped up in the Rays series too. I forget if it was game one or game two. Um, but you saw the Astros starting uh, pitcher co out there and pitch a gem of a game. I think it was three to one at one point. And then all their all their bullpen needed to do was get, I think, an inning and a half worth of outs, two right. innings max. And they they had ended up with like the bases loaded. Yeah. So you're one hit away in that situation from from stealing that game. Right. So it'll be it'll be interesting because even if the Astros pitchers, starting pitchers, pitch lights out, once that bullpen comes in, dude, they're gonna be sweating. You also have a couple interesting decisions on the Yankee side. Um, I know they're still they haven't released their full roster for this particular series the the Astros have but the Yankees are still deciding on whether they're going to let CC Sabathia um right. probably come out of the bullpen and Aaron Hicks they're going to see if if uh they're going to activate him and have him on the active roster so it'll be interesting to see what they do there yeah I'm looking forward to it I think it's going to be a great series um can't wait for game one tonight um we've got some NCAA college football news our Hurricanes, the U, pulled one out against number 20 Virginia last night. Manny Diaz took back over that defense, and that defense did not give up a touchdown. They won nine, or 17-9, yeah, not so giving up a our, touchdown. They held it down. Our defense showed up, I mean, in the game. You got to credit the defense, but Virginia uh, Tech... No, definitely. Virginia. I mean, Virginia, excuse me. Virginia left a lot of points on the board. I think they got into the red zone, deep into the red zone, um, the first three times, and they came away with no points at all. Right. No field goals, obviously no touchdowns. And football, man, I tell you, like, people want to overcomplicate it. It's really not that hard. It's If you have a bend-but-don't-break defense and you can keep people out of the end zone and you have a good red zone offense yourself – I mean that's the name of the game, that and turnovers, man. You yep. could you could dominate total yardage, you could dominate time of possession, um, you know, you can you can dominate uh, offensive plays ran. None of that matters. Just like in any other sport, you gotta put points on the board and if you're able to capitalize when you're in the red zone and the other team isn't, that's game. That's game. That's ball game. So <clears throat> we've got <clears throat> one big game today two big games. You got Florida and L S U tonight at eight PM. And you also got the Red River rivalry with Texas and Oklahoma at noon. So uh, jump on that. Also, Penn State in Iowa, number 10 versus 17 at 730. So it's going to be a jam-packed day of college football. So enjoy it, Yo, ladies and gentlemen. I know, I know you just touched on LSU. So how do you think Les Miles has to feel? Les Miles is tight because his offenses at LSU could never put up the points that these guys are that's, doing right now. That's See, that's what amazes me is all of a sudden he's gone. They got Joe Burrow. Shout out to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got Joe Burrow out there lighting it up. Um, and they're averaging, I think I just saw it, like something like 45 points a game, 55 yep. points a game. I mean, 
that's that's been LSU's mo. They've always had a defense, lockdown defense. You see the players that they put into the league. I mean, sure. I think without question they have the best. I know Florida State can make some claims to it too, but I think they have the best um, defensive back lineage these past couple of years. Right. As far as as, as putting, if if you're a defensive back and you come from LSU, you lock up. If you're a receiver and come from LSU, you got the Odell's, you got the Jarvis Landry's. Um, so they've always had the talent. They've always had the recruiting classes. Now they got the offense to go with it. So I'm curious to see how uh, how they stack up against that Florida defense. All right. It's going to be interesting, man. I can't wait to see that game. It's going to be dope because Florida's defense is no joke. They got a hell of a defensive line, yeah. dude. Yeah. And Florida has no offensive line, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, they're starting – I don't know if they they probably still have the same starters from the last time I watched them, but uh, they were stay they were starting a couple of uh, freshmen on the line. One of them came in as an athlete, not even a true offensive lineman. So who knows the the type of weight he had to put on? Because normally the athletes when they come into the school, they're really not lineman size. Normally they're skill position size, right. and you don't know where you're going to put them on the field. So for him to have to switch to lineman. I mean, obviously, him coming in as an athlete means he probably has really good footwork and speed, but mm-hmm. it's a different animal when you got those big boys up front pushing 100%. on you. 100%. Yeah. Now, some NHL news, because we're bringing it to you guys every week now. The standings, you know, the best teams in the league right now, Carolina, Buffalo, St. Louis, defending champs, and Edmonton. They, they still, still have a couple more games than everybody else. A lot of the league still has only played two. But, you know, 5-0 and Carolina. Um, Buffalo's 4-0. and they're, they're doing their thing. So, I'm interested to see how this season goes. Hopefully we get out to a couple games this year. And we'll bring that to you guys. So. Yeah, I'm down. Down to go. Down to go to a couple hockey games. Why not? And some NBA news from last night. Anthony Davis. He's got nine more fingers. It's okay. He sprained his right thumb. He'll be all right. He's out for a little bit of time. It's the preseason. We'll see how that goes. Um, NFL, man. Let's jump into it. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bring it in. Bring it in. Did you not see Zion last night? Zion, Zion did his thing, man. Listen, I understand it's preseason, and for sports like football, you don't want to look too much into it. But basketball is very much a sport where two to three quarters, um, you can see the starters. And if you see what Zion was able to do last night against one of, if not the best defenders as far as in the low post in the league, Rudy Gobert, uh, that has to put a lot of people's minds at ease. I mean, I never was really worried about Zion being able to make a, an immediate and major impact on the NBA game. But I know there was a couple um, analysts out there that weren't sure what position he would be able to play. Right. But if you saw him go against Rudy Gobert, who's seven, every bit of seven foot three and blocks anything near the rim, he is not going to have a problem yeah. going at him. I mean, there was a couple plays where he does a great job of not only is he as big as he is, but the, his body control and the way he uses his body control to, to negate any defender around him is it's amazing. He did it a couple times to Ed Davis, too, where once he gets the defender on his hip, 
he does a great job of if if he's not if his defender isn't super long and explosive once he gets him on his hip he just finishes strong side but what he did to Rudy a lot of the time was he'd get into him with mm -hmm. his hip and then when he'd explode up he would just go opposite and at that point I don't care what type of player or defender you are if you got someone with Zion's athleticism and, and strength when he gets his body into yours and goes opposite you're not going to get to the ball without scraping across his body and fouling him right. um, there was another play last night where he was in he got the ball mid post threw up a little floater and uh, the floater missed but he was able to miss that shot jump up and dunk the ball down off the miss before Rudy Gobert was able to turn around it's crazy, man. His athleticism is Now, another insane. thing that people need to understand is I know they see him and they think of him as just a dunker, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's what people pay to see. But his ball handling at his size is also something people need to understand. Right. He, There was a play last night where he took it. Uh, he got it passed to him off the wing, and he, he did a little in and out um, between the legs step back. And then once the defender got straight up, he just blew by him for an and one layup. He actually had three, um, three and ones just in the fourth quarter alone, which goes to show you that obviously, just like in college, he's going to be able to finish through contact. And I think he he landed in the perfect scenario as far as not being on a team that needed him to do too much. Right. So I know Anthony Davis going to the Lakers was a big deal, and everyone was like, "Oh man, you know, it's going to be really tough to rebound from that." But when you bring in a player like Zion, you still have Drew Holiday, you have a point guard in Lonzo who's who looks like he has a chip on his shoulder, was willing to change his jump shot around a little, and is able to find players in the open court the way he is. If Ingram can continue to develop, I don't expect them to obviously make a deep run into the playoffs or anything like that, but I do want to commend the Pelicans for being able to get out of a very sticky situation. Um, and it looks like they, they made the, uh, the right moves. Uh, you also have to thank the ping pong ball yeah. fall, fall in their way because there's no way you get a player like J.J. Redick to sign to go play uh, for the Pelicans if it wasn't for the fact that they were able to bring in someone of Zion's, Zion's stature. stature. Right. 100% man. I agree with you. So Can't wait to see what this season holds. We're about, what, two weeks out before the season starts? So it's going to be yeah, fun. Yeah, we're, uh, we're two weeks out, man. Um, it usually tips off around Halloween so that's how I kind of remember because you know me, I'm bad with dates. But yeah. I'm excited, man. It's gonna be. This is gonna be one hell of a year. I think. Uh, I think, it's, barring any injuries, knock on wood. Hope there's a lot more parity than there's been in the past couple of years. I think there's a lot of storylines out there that have a chance to blow up. Um, I think a lot of people have forgot how good Curry really is, just because he was him and the rest of the Golden State Warriors were that were were allowing for Kevin Durant to just you know show his greatness, which is obviously something they had to do but um i'm interested to see if the warriors can bounce back they still have a lot of components there that i think will make things in the west very interesting yeah man i'm excited it's gonna be a good season now our bread and butter nfl it's here week six all right, let's go make some ground this week, man. I'm tired of this. I know I didn't send in my pick for uh, last game, but to be honest with you, I knew we were both going to go with New England. Yeah. So I really didn't. Although, shout out, listen, I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, for a Thursday night game that I was not really excited to watch, the only reason I watched it, obviously, is 
because it was the Patriots, and in this household, we watch all Patriots and Eagles games. So (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised that it was actually an interesting game, and while the score didn't reflect that, it was definitely a lot closer than than the score would indicate. Yeah, man. So with that being said, we go into week six. Eloso is up seven picks to Joe. We both picked the Patriots on Thursday night. We have a 9.30 kickoff tomorrow morning. 9.30. I'm not going to lie. I probably won't be able to catch it because your boy is in a father-son flag football little wreck thing that we do. We started last week, so next week is coming up. This week's game. But Carolina... You're not going to mention you need a week of... uh, of rehabilitation in order to get back out there. For hey, that little, I did all uh, right, man. I was a little gassed. I was a little really? gassed. I'm not gonna lie. So that limping you were doing on Monday and Tuesday at work, that was just. Oh, was good. It was, the muscles were just a little bit sore. It's all right. It hadn't been used in a long time. <laughs> not, not that good. Uh, not that full. Thing. What happened? My heart. <laughs> Yo, not gonna lie. First play of the game, I go to do a little chair route because my boy was playing quarterback. He sent a chair just to sit down on that route. He sent me on a chair route. I did, you know, my little move, and I went to go break back up the field, and the upper body was not matching up with the up, the lower body. I went rolling. But after that, I kind of settled in, and we did our thing. Right, it was a lot easy. of fun. So Carolina versus Tampa Bay in London. Carolina is favored by minus two. I'm taking Carolina on this one. That CMC is running crazy on everybody. Uh, me some serious money. Shout out to CMC. He was my first pick in uh, my money league for fantasy, mm-hmm. and I've been riding his coattails uh, the entire season. It's like having an extra quarterback out there, so it's nice. Yeah, his stats, he has more yards, total offensive yards, than the entire Jets offense he during is... the first five weeks. Insane. He's a beast. Monster. So, is that safe to say you're going with Carolina as well? Uh, this, my friend, is where I try and gain a game. Okay. I'm going to go with the Bucks here. Oh, wow. Uh, it seems like Bruce Arians is on to something with Jameis Winston. I know last week he he didn't play well. Mike Evans was held without a catch, um, which was something I did not foresee, and he gave me zero points in fantasy. Shout out, Mike Evans. But... <laughs> But you have Jameis Winston playing well. You have Chris Godwin coming into his own. Uh, I think him and Mike Evans are a really good one-two punch. Ronald Jones is looking like he's starting to show why he was drafted uh, so high, I believe, the second round coming out of USC last year. Um, and I just feel like CMC, he is great. He's amazing. There's no doubt about it. To me, my money is on him for the best running back in the league right now, and I don't even think it's close. Saquon Barkley being injured, I think, might have something to do with that. But... Christian McCaffrey is amazing. I just don't know how long they can expect him to put up these 200-plus yard of scrimmage games. I mean, this is the NFL, and those hits do take a toll. You saw him on the injury report this week. Could that have been their way of massaging him in and saying, listen, you've been doing a lot on game day. Let's slow it down. It was listed as a back. You don't know how serious um, it is. It was probably just a blimp in the radar, but I need to see more out of Kyle Allen. I know he's undefeated, but I think in this game that uh, the Buccaneers are going to be able to manufacture points, and they're going to need to find a way to get Kyle Allen to throw the ball. 
I know, again, he's undefeated and he's made good decisions, but uh, I just think that the Bucks are going to be able to uh, win this game. And if not, hopefully they lose by one point and I can cover with the spread. <laughs> nice. All right, next game up. Seattle next game. At, at Cleveland. Seattle is a minus one and a half favorite. I'm going Hawks here. Wait, 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 wait. This oh, you want to go? Oh, okay, go ahead. Sure. You can you can take the next two. I, I Oh, now the next two. All right, calm your horses. I'm going Seattle here just because you saw that Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns cannot stop the run. The Seattle Seahawks love to run the ball. Yeah. Uh, I think Chris Carson's rebounded nicely off those couple of fumble-itis games. I think there was two in there where he had three fumbles. Rashad yeah, Penny's back, so yep. they have him out of the backfield, too, as a change of pace back. Russell Wilson is playing lights out at the quarterback position, and he's throwing it to a whole bunch of – he does not have a number one wide receiver. Tyler he's a Lock, monster. A Monster. nice gadget player, DK Metcalf, got loose last week for a long bomb. Yeah. But with Russell Wilson, and every time I say Russell, I want to say Westbrook. I don't know why. But every time Russell Wilson is out there, he does stuff that I know Patty Mahomes you know, has been that man for the past year in change. But you look at what Russell Wilson is doing, man, and you got you to gotta say that was money well spent by the Seahawks. Two of the best in the league, hands down. Oh, without a doubt. I think right now. Patty Mahomes just, and Russ. Yeah, right now with the way they're playing, I mean, Patty Mahomes has had a tough two-week stretch, but a lot of his playmakers have been injured. Uh, that being said, man, Russell Wilson, just what he does in the pocket, the way he's able to stay alive and avoid big hits, which I think is another major yeah. um, weapon that he has at his disposal for a quarterback that's that mobile. He really doesn't get hit. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely going Seahawks here, and I just feel like the Browns have – they have no rhythm, man. Yeah. They have no Their rhythm whatsoever. Their head coach whatsoever. can't figure it out. He can't get out of his own way, man. Yeah, so I'm going Seahawks. Yeah, same here, man. Seahawks. Next up, Houston at Kansas City. Kansas City is a minus five favorite. This is where I'm going Houston. Okay. I'm going Houston here for a couple of reasons. Um, Houston – uh, I feel like that Chiefs defense, while they did make some key additions in Tyron Matthew, and you know they had they got the pass rusher Clark from um, Seattle. Yeah, uh, I still think their defense is is something that's an issue for them. I think teams aren't they aren't starting to figure out the Chiefs. I won't go that far, but I do feel like there's a little bit of a winning recipe there. Right. Uh, I think it was a little alarming that their offense, even with the injuries, wasn't really able to do much against a Colts defense who, while well-coached, was missing just about every star impact player on their defense. When you right. look at the loss of Leonard, Malik Hooker, um, they also had uh, – missing. I'm missing one of the other players, too, that was injured. Uh, that's kind of slipping my mind. But uh, you got to look at what the Colts were able to do going into Arrowhead and be impressed with a team like Indianapolis. And I feel like this is going to be a statement game for the Texans. I feel like Deshaun Watson is an amazing quarterback. He's got amazing weapons, and they will be able to, to run and move the ball. And that five points kind of scares me. So I'm going to ride with Houston. All right, man. I'm taking Kansas City in this one. I think they're going to bounce back. You've been on the Chiefs bandwagon heavy. <laughs> they're going to bounce back from, from last week. So I think they're going to put up some points. I think Tariq Hill should be good to go. He's questionable. He's coming back. It's it's a wrap. Yeah, I understand. But at the same time, you know, when a player, when a player misses that much time with an injury, you just don't know. 
you don't know how how rusty he's going to be. You don't know yeah. if they're going to trust that collarbone because they still have to do some tests because um, they don't want to put him out there and risk further injury. Right. So you, you'd have to think that he might might be a little hesitant to to fight for those extra yards. I know he is a burner. Um, but yeah, I, I expect to pick up a game there with Houston. <laughs> All right, next game, Washington at Miami. Washington's a minus three-and-a-half favorite. Since you took the last one, I'm taking the Dolphins, and I think they get their first win of the season going into, you know, week six. Washington, I don't trust it. Their offense, suspect, defense, suspect. I'm taking Miami. They've been playing everybody hard the past couple weeks. Listen, you can take Miami, you can have Miami. Any defense that's allowing, I think it was 45 points a game at this point. Um, I know the Redskins have have kind of been uh, in a tumultuous situation with their head coach being fired. Sometimes, depending on how the locker room feels about said head coach, they get a little bit of a boost when that guy's gone. You hear reports that he didn't want Haskins. You hear reports coming out now that he wanted out before the whole thing came and began to... Uh, uh, turn into a dumpster fire. Uh, I just feel like the Dolphins are really that bad. They are trying their hardest to get Tua, and I don't think this is going to change that. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Washington here. I think starting Case Keenum, while long term might not be in the best interest of the Redskins, I think for the time being gives them the best shot at winning the game. All right. Next up, Philadelphia at Minnesota. Minnesota's a minus three favorite. Man, you gotta give me Philly here. You know I gotta. I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna be a homer. You. It's really hard to go against your team and then enjoy the game. So I'm gonna hope that Philly. Philly rides this hot streak that they've been on. I know their cornerbacks are injured, but at the end of the day, I still do not trust Kirk Cousins. If you look at what he's done against teams with winning records, he is putrid. If you look at what he's done, um, against against teams that are able to put pressure on him. It is putrid. I know the Jets' offensive line is terrible, but 10 sacks is 10 sacks. Um, And I just feel like the Vikings are so close to just being one of those teams with all the skill in the world, but just not a good locker room, and it's just going to blow up in their face. I think uh, Cousins is one missed throw from Diggs away, from Diggs just walking out and retiring halftime. Uh, (laughs) I love Vontae Davis. A la Vontae Davis. And another thing, you have to make the Vikings one-dimensional. Delvin Cook is an amazing running back. He's been that way since Florida State. Only the injuries can hold that man back. He's disgusting. That being said, the Eagles do have the best run defense in the NFL. 100%. Um, We've been able to shut shut down. If you see the Green Bay Packers weren't able to run. You saw what they did against the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. almost 200 yards running. Um, We've done it to (laughs) – yeah, exactly. Uh, We've done it to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, even though the Jets' offense was a shell of itself, I do feel like what they do well and we do well, I think we're just a little better at. That offensive line on the Vikings uh, is suspect, so I don't think Cousins is going to have enough time to be able to get the ball down the field to Thielen and Diggs, who scare the living hell out of me still. Yeah, I'm going with you. I'm taking Philly here. I couldn't have said it much worse than you, or much better than you did. Cousins suspect, and I'm not even going to reiterate, Yo, did you, basically. Did you hear what Zach Brown said? Yeah. My man played a year with this guy and had no respect for him. Yep. Just flat out Zero. said he is 
he is the weakest part of their team. They have good receivers, good running back. Um, he's They have a good tight end. He refuses to use Kyle Rudolph. I haven't watched him enough to know if that's scheme-wise or just him not getting him the ball. But anytime you have a quarterback where they're dying for him to have the, the, the ball in his hands, I just don't trust him. Yeah, It's crazy, man. New Orleans at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a minus-one favorite. We saw New Orleans show up and show out last week. Jacksonville is still, I don't think they can hold up with the points that New Orleans can hold up, uh, can put up on you on a weekly basis. So I'm taking New Orleans, and I'm taking the points here. Yeah, I'm taking New Orleans. If it was a bigger point spread, I might lean Jacksonville because I right. do think it's going to be a close game. But I think you're finding Teddy Bridgewater getting into his getting into his rhythm and Sean Payton getting him into a rhythm as yeah. far as with his play calling. Um, they've been able to feature Michael Thomas and get him involved, one of the best yeah. wide receivers in the game. Kamara hasn't had that breakout game just yet, but there's always an, uh, a potential for that. Mm-hmm. And while Minshew is having an amazing rookie year, you have to think that eventually he's going to look – there has to be a game where he looks like a rookie. Um, and he's going to go some, against a defense that might make him look like that. Yeah, you got Cam Jordan, you got Marshawn Lattimore, you got Eli Apple, who's turning out to be a solid yep. player for them, amongst other playmakers on their D-line and uh, – uh, in their in their DB room, so I'm gonna go with the Saints here as well. Yeah, man. Cincinnati at Baltimore. Baltimore's a minus an eleven and a half favorite. It's a big point spread. But where are you leaning here? Sorry, hold on. Um, because you didn't do it in order. Oh, the Bengals, Baltimore. I'm assuming. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you gotta go Baltimore. I don't normally like taking these big spreads, but Lamar Jackson um kind of fell back to earth. A little now. A little bit. I know he was lighting After it up. After first two games. I mean, everyone yeah. was like, oh, my God, he's progressed so much as a passer. Um, but I just feel with him, Ingram, I know Marquise Brown is a game-time decision. I just don't trust the Bengals. I don't really – they really do nothing that jumps off out of the page at you. They have a couple nice players here and there. But I think in order for the Ravens to be the team that we expect them to be with that type of defense, they're going to roll over the Bengals. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I'm going Bengals as well. Next game up, San Francisco at the Rams. Rams are a minus three favorite. San Francisco is coming off one of their big wins of the year, of their domination of Cleveland. The defense looked stellar. Richard Sherman, his post game, were a little suspect. But they got the Rams at a minus three. Who are you taking here? I'm going to go with the Niners. I am all in. I am sipping the Kool-Aid, and I am riding that wave. Yeah, I'm going with you 100%. Man, I think that defense is explosive. But you got Bosa. You've got Buckner. You, you've got all these monsters out there, and they finally shorted it up. They figured it out. I think they're going to they're gonna roll on Rams here. And plus, listen, Todd Gurley, love him. think he's an amazing back. Yeah. He's not right. You don't no know. Tlaib either. Yeah, they don't know if he's going to be playing. Uh, Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib have been getting roasted yeah. this year. Um, and Tlaib is looking like with, Peters now. They've been struggling with speed. Yeah. And if you look at that 49ers team, they have world-class speed. It's, they have it's a track, track speed team out there. Yeah. that could represent the USA with players like Godwin and Brita. So I think the Niners are going to continue to roll. I think Shanahan's the, – the most impressive thing to me is he's able to manufacture these – the points with that type of offense with not yeah. having a true number one, but that defense scares me. Yeah, man. I agree with you 100%. Next up, 
on the four o'clock games. Atlanta at Arizona. Atlanta's a minus two and a half favorite. I'm gonna go Atlanta here. I think Atlanta's uh, they've been pretty solid. They're starting to find their rhythm. Julio's still putting up his points. And I don't know if the rookie's going to be able to go down there and do his thing, but I'm taking Atlanta. I'm going to go Cardinals here. Okay. I feel like Kyler Murray, um, I know he didn't get off to the type of start that everyone expected as far as him being able to run with the ball. But if you watch these past two games, I think he's starting to figure out, you know, I was the best athlete most times on the field in college. Guess what? He's still the best athlete most of the times now in the NFL. Uh, he's done a good job getting Larry Fitzgerald the ball. Their defense has been solid. Um, and David Johnson looks like he's having a bounce back year, which is always good to see. I just don't trust the Falcons, bro. They have all the talent in the world. I just, some, it's just every year it's the same thing. You know, right. uh, uh, Matt Ryan has a good statistical year. Julio Jones has a good statistical year. But between injuries and everything else, man, they just always find a way to come up short and i think this is a game that arizona goes in and steals all right tennessee at denver denver's a minus two favorite where are you where are you hanging your hat on this one hmm. so while you think about it go go ahead are you, you it's good? at denver so i'm gonna go with denver i'm gonna okay. just feel like in the mile high i feel like they have a good uh home field advantage there i'm not in love with either of the teams but every time i roll with the titans man i think mariota's finally figured it out and he's gonna go on a nice little four or five game run that doesn't happen um they've been struggling on offense outside of derrick henry so i think the broncos are going to be able to do just enough to ink that game out but it's not a game i'm excited to watch all right i'm taking tennessee here i think they they played the bills tough last week that bills defense is no joke they were able to put a couple points, you know, not a whole lot. About I think it was 14-17 they won. Um, so I'm going to go Tennessee. We got the end of the 4 o'clock games. Dallas at the Jets. Dallas is a minus 7 favorite. And now again, no C.J. Mosley. Uh, you get Sam Darnold back. So that may help out the Jets here. Man, that seven points is a little high, but I'm going to go with Dallas. Yeah, I was going to get cute here and go with the Jets and think that they, you know, make it a game. But so at the end of Yeah, but at the end of the day, man, uh, you saw what the Jets did last week. Not much of anything. Sam Darnold's going to be, be, be a huge help. Right. Uh, Luke Falk doesn't really belong starting in any on any team. Um, but I feel like if C.J. Mosley was back, I might lean the other way. Their defense yes, actually definitely. played really well last week. But I just feel like they don't have enough to keep up with what the Cowboys are going to be able to bring to the table. And if you're a Cowboys fan, which obviously I am not, but you have to think that it's put up or shut up time. Yeah, they were 3-0, and but that was against three bad teams. This is another team on paper they should beat. And if they lose this game, if you're in Dallas, you kind of have to start hitting the panic button, hitting the worry button. So yeah. I think Dallas finds a way to pull that one out. Yeah, definitely, man. The Sunday night game, Pittsburgh. At Chargers, which I really wish they could flex this game out and give us the Kansas City-Houston game as a nightcap. But, yeah, I'm actually surprised that's a 1 o'clock game. But. Yeah. but Pittsburgh at the Chargers. Chargers are minus 7 favorite. I'm going with the Chargers here. 
Yeah, I'm going with the Chargers too. Let's not let's not try and make this something. It's not. They really have no shot with um, Ben, Big Ben being out, Mason Rudolph being out. I know the kid came in. I don't even remember his name. Um, and that's no shot at him. I just didn't expect him to really be playing. Um, undrafted. I hope he he can be one of those happily ever after stories. But played good last week. I just don't see it continuing with a full game of preparation, full week yeah. of preparation rather. Now to close it out, Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay's a minus four and a half favorite. Detroit played well last week, but so did Green Bay. They're starting to figure out that offense. The defense is coming into their own. Even though it was the Cowboys, the Cowboys are still a good offense. So I'm going Green Bay here. Detroit's played the Chiefs tough. They beat us. They've had a couple good games unfortunately if all if they were healthy i would probably go with detroit i'm not sure if darius slay is going to play i know they've been missing a couple other players um last week so i just feel like green bay at home they really don't lose at home again lambeau field is one of the hardest places to play right like you said i think last week really really um gave them is going to give them that extra spunk now that they have that run game going uh, that defense started off the year hot, getting a whole bunch of turnovers. I think they'll be able to turn that on again against the Lions, and I just think Green Bay is, is going to be too much for uh, Detroit to handle, so I'm going Green Bay. So we got got a good mix here. I might be able to make a run, or you might be able to run away with it even more, or we'll probably end up just yep. being even again. Even, yep. So with that being said, guys, we thank you guys for tuning in. Subscribe. Like, comment, share. We appreciate everything you guys do for us, and we appreciate you guys for listening. www.thesportsfrenzypodcast.com, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.